Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister responds to questions about using the military to end the protest in Ottawa. One has to be very, very cautious before uh, deploying uh, military in, uh, in situations uh, engaging uh, Canadians. Uh, it is not something uh, that anyone should enter in likely, uh, uh, lightly, uh, but uh, as of now, there have been no uh, requests and, uh, and that is not uh, in the cards right now. A parliamentary committee calls on GoFundMe to testify about the fundraising behind the protest. We have a, an accountant involved, we have lawyers involved. All of the legal and accounting uh, checkbox have occurred. Um, there's audit procedures and so on in place which will allow GoFundMe to flow the funds that so many have donated. And the Conservative Party begins to look toward a future with a new leader. Uh, I think we should have a new leader in place by the fall. That's my personal preference. I think we need to have the permanent leader uh, get, get in front of Canadians and unite the party and start working towards the next election right away. It's Friday, February 4th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. We're joined by Joanna Smith, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Canadian Press. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's been an interesting week, and yesterday the Prime Minister was asked a lot of questions about the protest in downtown Ottawa, and there had been, of course, talk of whether the Canadian military would be used in some capacity to address this protest. The Ottawa police have said that they don't necessarily see a, a police solution to what's happening in Ottawa. Um, and the Prime Minister doesn't seem too keen on the idea of using the military, but it leaves a lot of questions about what happens next, how long this will go on, and how long the people and businesses of downtown Ottawa will be disrupted. So what are your thoughts on, on this as we head into another weekend of this protest? Well, you know, when, when the Ottawa police chief said that there wouldn't be necessarily a policing solution to this problem, um, I think it ra raised a lot of eyebrows as to what exactly he meant, um, and then hinted at the military. So, of course, the next person we asked yesterday was Prime Minister Trudeau, and, and he said, well, you know, that's not in the cards right now, he said. Um, he talked about how we must be very, very cautious about deploying troops on Canadian soil. Um, you know, they're deployed to help out with floods and forest fires and things like that, and we've seen them in helping out at long-term care homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. But calling them in to enforce um, what are now what city councillors and even the mayor are now calling an occupation of Ottawa is a, is a whole new level. So I think... It, it's to be expected that the Prime Minister would be trying to sound a, a cautious note. Um, but it's clear that, or at least it looks to residents, um, you know, we're not right inside the police discussions and their strategy, but it, it looks like we're at an impasse. And, and the organizers are saying that they're not backing down. The goals they have are, I think, the federal government and many people would seem to be uh, unachievable. They say they're not leaving until all vaccine mandates are, are lifted. Um, of course, some of these vaccine mandates are provincial responsibility to begin with um, and not federal. And, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau staked his political career um, running on election um, on vaccine mandates last year. And 
he won. He, he, re- he returned as prime minister with the government. And so this is not something I think anyone would expect him to back down on. And he's made that very clear. So, but with this well-funded protest, um, you know, people are saying that they're going to be coming back in. There's some that had left over the week and, and they're coming back for, for the weekend, potentially today then it's sort of unclear what's happening next. You know, they're, they're building a shelter in one of the parks. Um, so, so I guess everyone's looking, and I think what I'm looking for this weekend, um, and we're starting to see some talk about this in, you know, activist communities, is the idea of any counter-protest. Like, at what point do residents of Ottawa, um, particularly those who have a lot of experience organizing protests of their own for entirely different causes, um, whether they start to really rally around. Um, and I think that's where we can see some potential for some more tension to arise and yeah. potentially a stronger response becoming necessary. Um, so, yeah, I think we're we're all watching for that. Yeah, and, and there are a couple of interesting angles to this, obviously, because, uh, as you say, it's unlikely any government would give in to this kind of demonstration because that would uh, set a dangerous precedent, regardless of the of the merits of, or lack of merit of the argument that's being made by the demonstrators, no government is going to say, hey, all you have to do is occupy downtown Ottawa and you'll get what you want. Uh, the demonstrators, of course, don't want to go away. And then when you layer on top of that the political context for all of it, you wonder uh, who wins and who loses by having these demonstrators in downtown Ottawa because there are there are conservatives, obviously, who have posed for pictures with some of them and supported the demonstrators and presumably like the idea of of the government having to wear this. And then at the same time, I feel like Justin Trudeau and the Liberals also stand to gain from the idea that there are people who are opposed to vaccine mandates and other measures to end the pandemic uh, because they know that the majority of Canadians line up with them on this. So uh, so that's some interesting context for it as well, I think. It is, and I think it's feeding into the, the strong language that Trudeau is taking, um, the strong stance, the refusal to negotiate. I mean, he's obviously condemning, um, you know, racist imagery and slogans as well, um, as anyone would. But but in terms of just the digging in, you know, in, in previous uh, protests in entirely different contexts, you know, the governments have always done some negotiations, appointed an interlocutor. Um, I'm thinking of, and again, an entirely different context, but I'm thinking of 2013 with Idle No More, you know, um, Romeo Saganash getting involved, Bob Ray getting involved to negotiate with uh, Chief Teresa Spence over the hunger strike that she was holding on Victoria Island, and, and these sort of quiet, behind-the-scenes talks. Now, now the Ottawa police have been saying they've been negotiating with organizers, um, but part of the problem they're identifying is that these are, they're not all united, these are disparate groups, there's many different organizers, and there's also people involved who they're saying that they have, they have no contact with, they're, they're not really sure who's leading them. So that sort of gives you a, an idea of how, of how complicated it is. Um, but no, I think, I think it's pretty clear the Liberals have made the calculation, much like they did during the election campaign last year, when Trudeau was facing a lot of protests with some of the same um, really ugly language and images um, that Canadians do want vaccine mandates, that that's what their polling is showing, that Canadians do want restrictions, they think they're work. I'm not discounting a lot of anger out there over lockdowns, over things that have been going on. A lot of people are tired about the pandemic. You know, last fall we 
had the good news of the kids' vaccine and everyone seemed to be heading into a, a good direction and then Omicron comes along and, and sends us all back and that's extremely frustrating for people, right? Um, and that's, that's a message the Conservatives are definitely conveying, um, is speaking to that segment of the population. But um, no, in, in terms of just the overall goal, the Liberals have clearly clearly decided that Canadians are on their side. Yeah. And, and Ottawa residents are, are fed up with this as well, so there's not a lot of sympathy uh, for the protests from people who actually live here. And just one final question, uh, just quickly, Joanna, before we move on to, to other stuff. Um, is there an angle to looking into the GoFundMe campaign that's raised more than $10 million to support this protest? Uh, there, there are parliamentarians talking about about that, and, and the GoFundMe campaign was suspended uh, by GoFundMe. Uh, so is there is there potentially some leverage that could be applied there? Yeah, so I know a parliamentary committee has called on GoFundMe uh, representatives to testify about how it ensures that money raised on its platform isn't used to promote hate, such as anti-Semitism and white supremacy, and this is in their terms of service, and there's definitely a lot of concern about those undercurrents being part of this demonstration. Um, So that's the angle that uh, some MPs are going at it on that parliamentary committee. Um, and then, again, as you mentioned, GoFundMe has, has put another pause on it. I know that uh, Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson said yesterday morning he and the city solicitor had a discussion with uh, the leaders of GoFundMe about they're saying that they want, you know, it, it suspended until the protest is over. Um, and GoFundMe, I think, just said, well, right now we're putting it on pause. But, but that could be something, uh, potentially, that if, if they're sort of starved of funds, that eventually they'll get to a smaller and smaller group. Um, but, you know, there's still still some $1 million out of the roughly 10 that was already released. That's quite a bit of money um, that can last a while in terms of food and fuel, right? Um, but another another interesting angle there, too, is that I know there's been some talk among among business owners and residents about whether that funding could eventually be used to, you know, as, as reparations. That's an right. idea that's floating around as well. Interesting. All right, let's turn to the future of the Conservative Party, which, uh, under any other circumstances, that would be the big story of the week, of course, but uh, it's been overshadowed by the protest to some extent. But what are you hearing now about uh, how the next leader of the party will be chosen, who might be interested in the job, and how things are going to play out over the next few months for the Conservatives after they removed Aaron O'Toole from that job? Well, the, the how the leader will be chosen is really key. So um, the National Council will be appointing a leadership election organizing committee. Um, they'll soon meet to discuss the issue. And they're the ones who sort of set the rules, the parameters, the timing. Now, as we've seen in the past, you know, things such as how many signatures you need, how much money you need to raise, what the spending cap is, um, these are things that can really define the field in terms of how many candidates there are. If it's a low bar to entry, you generally have more candidates. If it's a high bar to entry, then you generally have fewer candidates who are, who are however, really serious candidates, right? So, so that's sort of going to be the key um, thing to watch first in, in the process in terms of how wide or narrow the race might be. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's already some names floating around there, um, 
Ottawa area MP Pierre Polliver is, you know, considered a strong contender. If he decides to run, he had been leaning toward running in the last race and ended up uh, deciding against it. His, his family did spend more time with his family, he said. Um, Southwestern Ontario MP Marilyn Gladue, she had uh, also this time put her name forward to lead the party on an interim basis, um, but she has told reporters that she's also considering a leadership bid. In terms of who's out, uh, Ronette, well, at least at least as far as she's saying for now, you never know. I'm sure people might still be trying to convince her, but Ronna Ambrose, who of course was interim leader after Harper stepped down, um, ruled out a run this week, um, despite many hoping she would enter. Um, and then Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe also said yesterday that he's not interested in running for the leadership. Um, other names floating around, Leslyn Lewis, she placed third in the last leadership race. Um, she's now an MP, um, very popular among the social conservative uh, wing of the party, which of course played a, a big role in in Aaron O'Toole's recent leadership troubles and, and the ouster uh, of him from that job. So she, her name is in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been talk of Michelle Rempel-Garner, of course, very popular and high-profile Alberta MP, one of the most recognizable. Um, and she has also done a lot, I think, for the party and the caucus in terms of advocating for the rights of LGBTQ Canadians. That's an issue that um, she's really been on the forefront in the caucus of for a number of years. So her name's often floated around too. So it's still a little early to tell, um, but and, and we'll see what the rules say. Um, but those are some of the names in the mix so far. All right. It's going to be an interesting weekend and an interesting few weeks. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mark. That's Joanna Smith, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Canadian Press. Completely unacceptable. I mean, they're keeping this city under siege. People are really suffering and struggling. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues, The protest must end and police must restore order. The Star writes, The scenes from Ottawa this week were dark, disturbing, and ominous. The public is fed up. Patience is exhausted. Measures must be found to restore order by those who are paid to maintain it. This is no longer, if it ever was, a protest. It's a hostage crisis within sight of the Parliament buildings in the heart of Canada's capital. In the conversation, Sean Spence asks if the trucker protest is an epic security failure or a triumph of democratic freedom. Spence writes, It would appear that officials in Ottawa have either an extremely high tolerance for risk or have been extremely confident no significant security incidents would warrant closing Wellington Street to vehicular traffic. If the protesters had been denied front row parking spots in front of the parliament buildings, it might have weakened their resolve to stay. But the other side to this story is perhaps Canada is the model of democracy, where the protest rights of a small minority trump the security needs of the state and the economic considerations of the majority. In McLean's, Jen Gerson considers the Conservative Party's identity crisis post Aaron O'Toole. Gerson writes, The Conservative Party is now confronted with a full-blown crisis of identity. They've booted the last leader for flip-flopping and failing to be conservative enough, and any future leader will be required to placate the most extreme elements in the caucus room. 
perhaps there will be room for a conservative party to articulate rational and sensible opposition on the host of problems that face this country. But nothing about how this party has behaved in recent days gives me hope that this caucus is as clever or politically savvy as it imagines itself to be. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will speak with the Prime Minister of Norway. He will also meet virtually with students at a school in Gambo, Newfoundland and Labrador. And Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos and government officials will hold a news conference to provide an update on COVID-19. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, February the 4th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.